Hello, everybody, and welcome to Universal Basic Podcast. I am Cindy Manier, and I am here with host Chris Proya. How are you doing today, Chris? I am doing terrific tonight, Cindy. How are you doing? Hey, it's it's all right. Could be better. How about that? Right. It's hard for us regular folks out here in the world today. I'll tell you that. Definitely. Everybody's working hard and not getting ahead. It's just tough out for everybody these days. But mm -hmm. we have an interesting topic, which I'm hoping will make everybody's day go a little bit faster. <laughs> uh, tonight, tonight, we're going to be talking about drugs and the legalization of drugs and the benefits that it would possibly incur. And I'm a big advocate of this because I believe that if we legalize all drugs like we see Portugal doing, like we see a lot of other places doing, we could gain more than we stand to lose, that's for sure. This feels more like a Friday topic than a Monday topic. Yeah, we record on Mondays. That's that's definitely good. Air on Wednesdays and that gets you halfway to Friday, so it'll give you something right. to think about in the meantime. Definitely. <laughs> So where are we starting hey, some with? Some people's weekend start on Friday or on Wednesday. That's true. So. That's true. Let's not assume. My week starts whenever I have to drive my kids around. So okay. where are we starting today when we're talking about the great legalization debate? I'd say we start in the benefits section of it. There's lots of potential benefits for drug legalization. We could reduce a whole ton of violence, gang violence, street violence, get a lot of that out of the way. We could reduce user harm caused by taking drugs when it's illegal and you're not really able to ask for help or to know what you're doing. Uh, we could definitely reduce the strain on our local law enforcement and our courts, and we can generate massive tax revenues and generate extra cost savings by having these things legal rather than making them illegal and making people pay the consequences for it. That's where a good place to start for me would be. Yeah. So you're really talking about the kind of like carte blanche legalization of drugs. Yes. And that is what has happened in Portugal. Is that correct? That is correct. Portugal has made every drug pretty much legal. What they've done is they set up safe houses for you to go and use different kinds of drugs where people know what they're talking about where you know what you're getting. You're not getting cocaine plus fentanyl or all these other things. You're getting either straight cocaine or straight heroin or straight MDMA. A whole lot of, a whole lot fuses occur because you're under watch of people taking care of you. And uh, they're also there to give you a little bit of therapy. Hey, why do you feel like you need to do this kind of thing? Don't you know you could be having fun some other way to do this, that, or the other? What would you like to do instead of doing drugs? That kind of thing. And Sounds that's, like a a, that's one system. way to get people. Yeah. That's one way to get people out of doing drugs rather than stuck in the system of this is the only thing that gives me joy. Yeah. So how would you imagine that working in the United States? Because I think that there's a lot of differences between here and Portugal. We already do a form of it, right? We have bars where we go consume alcohol. And there's bartenders that are there to make sure you're not overserved. A lot of them don't do that job, but <laughs> they're supposed to make sure you're not overserved. I know a bar in the Cape that if you live within a certain radius of that bar, they will drive you home and you can leave your car there. Um, pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's called Backstreet's in the Cape. I'll give them a shout out. My sister's a real good friend with the owner, so. Oh, nice. Backstreet's in Cape Coral. If you live, I think, within a 10-minute car ride, they'll probably take you right home. And wow. you can leave your car there, go pick it up in the morning somehow. That's nice. So. And it was interesting when you were saying that, yeah, it is got some parallels, right? So drug legalization has got some parallels to how alcohol has been handled here in the United States, especially because we did have prohibition, right? Where people yes. would push back against it. And during that time, we saw a huge rise in organized crime to right. provide this product, this service that people really wanted. And we're actually seeing that part happening with other drugs right now. But what had happened after prohibition is that those organized crime groups, they really, it cut them off a lot. So they, their heyday was during the prohibition era and they had to go into other stuff. And many of them actually went into drugs, drug trafficking after right. that, because feeding that need was such a, which a huge part of what they found to be lucrative, but we could really cut them off at the knees once again through legalization. Yeah, because like you said, organized crime, the mafia, as we call it, basically got its start from pushing alcohol. And currently, drug dealers and traffickers, they're using the same violent tactics to protect their territory and their products. And if, if drugs, all drugs were legalized, the market would be regulated, making all that violence less necessary. According to the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, Drug-related violence account for about 133,000 deaths worldwide in 2019. And in the United States, the DEA estimates that drug-related violence is responsible for about 90% of all homicides in some cities. And all that violence is just fueled by, hey, this is my territory. We sell our stuff here. Right. You got to get out one way or the other. And also, if, if you make money, I'm not making money. And I'm going to shoot you to keep making money that way. Yeah, but also yeah, it feeds is... into the violence of weapons as well. So the illicit drug trade feeds into weapons trade and the trafficking right. of weapons outside of the United States to protect that illicit cargo around the way because you don't get ordinary protection of your illegal product. Right. And so we could actually see multiple angles of benefit from legalization. Yeah, definitely. Another angle of benefit would actually be the harm associated with drug use. Like I was saying earlier, drug users right now face several risks, overdose to an, due to not having safe havens for consumption, not having their friends around, basically somebody watch over them while they're doing these drugs. Um, everybody knows we got a huge fentanyl problem in America lately. So contaminated drugs are terrible. And basically legal consequences, if you get caught doing this, your life's over now. Yeah. Even if you happen to pick up the wrong person, you had cocaine and you get nailed with that, they're going to wreck your life. They're going to try to anyway. That's for sure. Yeah, we still have some pretty severe consequences for drug users, higher, of course, for drug traffickers. But mm -hmm. the consequences of the war on drugs through through the 80s and 90s was some pretty severe penalties for folks, to which, of course, we saw disproportionately applied to people of color being incarcerated yeah, and definitely. getting felonies, even though the three strikes and you're out kind of laws created felony records in cases where there might have only been misdemeanors for people who really had substance abuse disorders. I, yeah, I think it's you're absolutely on point with that, that 
we could actually not only reform the entire criminal justice system, but we could actually make it more fair because there wouldn't be a reason. And especially this is especially true with things like marijuana to target different people in communities of color. Yes, definitely. Any numbers, statistics you look at about people in prison, you can tell that black and brown people are incarcerated at higher rates, way higher rates than white people. So it would definitely help our black and brown communities if we started doing stuff to take care of them, basically, and help these people out for so long. I was going to say, I want to throw out one one thing just so folks know, that the actual, because one of the things that people say about those disproportionate incarceration rates across the races is that certain people use more drugs. Actually, the drug use rate is the same basically across demographics. And that includes racial demographics as well as economic demographics. So it's not just poor people sitting there doing drugs. It's approximately 10 to 11% of the population has the penchant for using drugs, everything from marijuana to other types of drugs. And uh, the, the, it's shown in self-report surveys that it's right about that 10 to 11% mark. So we this would be a big equalizer, so to speak, when it comes to what it comes to the law, especially. I've always felt like that because when I do the research for these kind of things, I always see that 10%, 11% number. And I'm always like, that seems so low. <laughs> but I am a stand-up comic, so I probably see a lot more of it than most people. Yeah, people who enjoy the nightlife, I think, might self-select and have a higher percentage. But so yeah, I think you're I'm, right. But I think about I'm it. Keeping that like, game, and I'm not on anything other than alcohol. That's my thing. Yeah, I'm actually drinking some sake myself. I'm trying to empty the bottle before I move. Nice. I like a good sake. But, but yeah, I think it's true. You think about it because that's like the total population, right? So that includes kids <laughs> and totally folks. And then it will include people, people who aren't necessarily going out. You have your moms and stuff like that. And then other folks just are not on out in the scene. Really, even these, even like recreational type of users, right? Fall into that. They're just not, there's not as many people as it may seem, right? Definitely. A lot of people are a lot so... more boring than they are. Third point I had was that like drug legalization could definitely reduce the strain on our criminal justice system. Everybody knows the courts are a pack, can hardly get a case through the system for months sometimes. And currently drug offenses account for a large portion of those arrests and those incarcerations. If drugs were legalized, law enforcement could focus on more serious crimes, reducing the burden on the criminal justice system because now they're not out chasing drug dealers and traffickers, those people are already all regulated and whatnot. They can focus on murderers, wife beaters, how many rape kits are still in the system that just don't get ever processed because everybody's backed up. Yep. And, uh, And frankly, the political will in the legal system falls around what's easy to prove. It's a heck of a lot easy t- easier to prove if somebody was taking drugs or had drugs on them than it is to prove uh, a rape. So they prosecutors will gravitate towards the low-hanging fruit. That's right. the truth, unfortunately. Yeah. Their numbers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what I found was like drug offenses are about 20% of statewide prisoners as far as different states, and then 50% of the federal prisoners are incarcerated for drug offenses. 
So if drugs were legalized, chances are we could get a good number of these people out of prison. America imprisoned more people than Russia and China. So it's a sad situation, in my opinion, that we're supposed to be the land of the free, but we have all these people in jail. And I had a thought there, but it just went out of my head. (laughs) So it's definitely difficult to estimate how many criminals would be released, but it would definitely be a significant reduction in the number of individuals incarcerated for drug-related offenses from whenever we legalized it onwards. Now, what do you think about expungement? So that's something that I had been particularly in favor of when I was running for Congress was not only just the legalization and decriminalization of cannabis was my focus, but then also the expungement of the records for those who had possession, not the trafficking folks necessarily, but the smaller amounts of folks. I wanted full, full criminalization, legalization and expungement. What do you think about that? I definitely am in favor of that as well. I mean, Whenever somebody has anything on their record, it's impossible to get a job or get a house because they say, oh, what's this on your record now? Uh, I don't know if I can trust you. And a lot of these people are just good meaning people. They need a place to live. They need income coming in. But having those kind of things on your record, just because you're trying to relax after work and you got busted with it, I don't think that's fair at all. So I'm definitely in favor of expungement especially like nonviolent crimes, anything like that, take them off the record for sure. Yeah. And I like this from a, from an economic perspective as well, not only just a microeconomic perspective about how it can help particularly low-income communities and communities of color that have a disproportionate amount of folks who may be negatively affected by a drug conviction. But if we do that across the country, you will actually see more people being able to get back to work and get involved in their communities. And you'll actually see a boost in the macroeconomic productivity in the country overall, because the more folks that we have integrated into the economy. In, the, in this case, we're talking about regulated economy, right? Not just, not only just like the people who would be the purveyors of legalized drugs, right? But if you no longer were a felon and it was easier for you to get a job, you could then get a job. And the more people we have, the better off the whole economy is on the macro level. So this has got some pretty significant ramifications beyond just an individual household or community. Absolutely. One of my comic friends, I wish this was my joke, but it's not. He says, if you had that criminal record, he says, isn't that just a resume at some point if you go work for the weed companies? (laughs) In our case, go work for the safe houses and whatnot. That's just a resume at some point. But yeah, definitely. These people already know what they're doing. You just train them right to take care of people rather than harm people. And it'll definitely help out with the macroeconomics. I do have some things here. Like in the United States, a study by the Cato Institute, which I believe is a right-leaning institute, estimated that legalizing and taxing marijuana at the federal level generates up to $8 billion just in tax revenue annually. Other estimates have ranged from like $6 billion to $30 billion. And that's just what you're gaining in tax income that's not what they're spending on 
that's not what they're saving by not spending it on policing and courts and jailing people. So the actual net gain would be much higher than that. Correct. Report the by Cato the Institute of all places. Yeah, I know. A report by the Drug Policy Alliance estimated that drug legalization in the United States could save about $41 billion annually in law enforcement and incarceration costs. And actually, another report, I just saw this here by the Cato Institute, estimated over like $100 billion in wow. law enforcement, judicial incarceration costs. So it it's definitely a, a savings. Yeah. Yeah. Really big impact on the federal budget. And yeah, all these folks up in Capitol Hill who are talking about places to, to cut budgets, this is something that they could consider. Definitely. We're just sitting on a gold mine and we're not doing anything about, we're just spending all the money on policing and it's making people have a bad view of police because they're always looking for drugs and like you said, the low hanging fruit. So easy to find a pipe or some crack in a car and bam, we got them on a felony right? and all that. But it's just ruining people's lives. And we could do better as a country for sure. 100%. So any other thoughts on this topic or any other gold gems here? Like we said, we brought up alcohol prohibition earlier. I've already, we already have a basis for repealing mind altering substances, basically alcohol prohibition was a period in American history between 1920 and 1933 when all production, sale, and transportation of alcoholic beverages were illegal. Like you said, it, prohibition led to the growth of organized crime, bootleggers, smugglers. They all stepped in to, to meet the demand for the alcohol that wow. was previously legal that became illegal because certain social clubs and churches didn't, they thought that's what was ruining America and turns out it was the God. patriarchy but anyway <laughs> <laughs> turns out it was the, patriarchy. the rich too the rich that's um, right. <laughs> yeah, 1920 isn't that the great depression there 29 was the stock market crash yeah and didn't achieve any of the goals of reducing crimes or social problems but it did lead to the establishment of the melon alcohol industry which is now regulated by laws governing the sale and production and consumption of these beverages. Everybody, a lot of people know these bars close at two, not supposed to overserve, don't drink and drive, blah, 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 blah. And it's become a lot safer now. You used to go blind from drinking alcohol, and now we have safe, good stuff yeah, to drink. Yeah, you can have a beer and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's there's a lot of evidence that to some drugs, particularly cannabis, that the comparison to alcohol, cannabis is a lot safer in terms of the, some of the negative consequences to right. alcohol. And I think that it is this discussion is very interesting because we're talking about the broad legalization of different substances, but it is certain certainly the case that different types of drugs can have different and harder effects on the body, but. The thing that's wild is a lot of them are actually used in pharmaceuticals and opioids in particular. Fentanyl is actually used for hospital use in, in, in a pharmaceutical setting. So it is the knowledge is there on a lot of these different types of drugs as to what the consequences could be, what the potential negative side effects are going to be, and then in how to actually help to keep them safe and clean. And that type right. of stuff can be very helpful. And in fact, at this point in time in the United States, it is has been the legal opioids that has been 
fueling the illegal opioid addiction rates, right? Because the once somebody's prescription runs out, once they, they have back pain or something, and they need more and more, and once they can't get any more by prescription, then they go to the illicit market. I think having a more broadly open but regulated market could help folks in that circumstance. And frankly, I'm going to throw in a pitch here on this too, is let's do the similar thing that Portugal had done and also look at recovery and counseling rather than just popping people full of pills because Purdue Pharma wanted to make a whole bunch of money and then worry about what happens to those individual people once they're hooked later. Let's from the outset start having an open conversation about the consequences and about what happens and treating people who are prone to substance abuse disorder. And that's frankly part of the reason why it's only about 10 to 12% of the population. It's not that maybe more people dabble, so to speak, but that's about the level of the population that gets it to the, has such a relationship with substances that they can't, it can overrun their life and lead into other problems like homelessness and abuse and all this other kind of stuff. So if this was more regulated system and more honest and had these additional supports in there to help people who are struggling with substance abuse, then we could actually have a healthier system overall. Yeah, honesty is a big part of it too, because I've never really experimented with harder, harder drugs. The hardest I've done was ecstasy a couple of times, MDMA. But I do know- What's the time though? What's the time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the early 2000s were wild. So I do know I have a few friends that have had drug abuse issues and through word of mouth and whatever, they found out that going from whatever they were doing to marijuana and maybe a little bit of alcohol, they were able to still control the harder stuff and just go to weed. But if you can't openly talk about it, how do you know? How do you know where to get that kind of stuff and try this, try that, whatever. Yeah. Holistic management of issues too, right? It's, and addictions. And luckily for myself, I'm not somebody who's particularly, I'm not prone to it. Luckily, thank God, like my whole family, not my whole family, but a significant portion of my family are alcoholics. Okay. But I don't have that same kind of, I don't know, lust for the substance. Right. So even this summer, I'll give you an example the summer when I broke my leg, I was prescribed opioids. I was actually scared to death of them, but I was like in so much pain that I'm like, I need to take it. And they, there's actually a way that you can do it if you're using aspirin and Tylenol and you can wean yourself off. I had actually done that. And then I started to get more pain and I took another one of the opioids. And because I didn't take another one right away, I experienced withdrawals like within a day <laughs> and it was awful. Wow. Yeah. But I am fortunate that I was, I am able to, I was able to step away from it and not just get hooked. But there, there are some people who this lights up so many fires in their brain, they just got to keep going. And it's very tough. And if we were to have a more, yeah, honest, open, robust system and acceptance of recovery and acceptance of addiction, right, then we would be able to help folks. Definitely. Yeah. Totally agree. I, like I said, I've had quite a few friends that I've watched go through the struggle and come out of it on the other side, fortunately, pretty okay. So 
I've been fortunate in that matter. I haven't had to see a whole lot of them die from that. Yeah. But it's got to be a better and, way, right? Yeah. One thing that I've always found funny, I just remembered this in my head. There was an experiment where they started with a mouse and I think it was like heroin water. And the mouse would just keep drinking the heroin water until it died. But they took the same, not well, not the same mouse, obviously, but they took another mouse and put a bottle of heroin water in a mouse park where they had all kinds of other things to do. Hmm. And the mouse didn't want to go to the heroin water so much because they had regular water there, but they had all the other fun things to do. So they would go to the regular water, drink that, and go off and do some other stuff. So it's definitely a matter of, sure, try this, but here's other options that you could be doing. For sure. So what other thoughts on this, or are we at our final thoughts? I think I'm on my final. That was my final thought. That was your final thought. Yeah. Have better stuff around us so we don't kill ourselves drinking the heroin water like the mouse. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very good. All right. Yeah. So this ties into our the theme of this podcast, which is how it affects everyday folks and how it affects our economy. And today's pitch overall was taking a look at legalization of drugs and how it could have some positive benefits. So Chris, let's just, as we're wrapping up here, just leave us with a final thought on this topic. Again, I think the biggest problem is income inequality. And I think that when we legalize drugs and we add certain things to make it to where not only the rich benefit from all the good stuff because they can afford to get the legalization through, but we make sure that the underserved communities get some of the financial benefits. And we just take a look at that as well as, you know, different therapy options and whatnot for those that want to try or have been on these drugs for a while. It would make our streets safer. It would give us a whole lot of influx of tax revenue savings on not spending it on the law enforcement side of it less overdoses less terrible drugs out there and i think it's just beneficial overall nice i was just going to make the last pitch for just given your mouse example let's also invest in our communities and make sure that there's more to do than drugs yeah definitely All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris, for taking us on this journey today. We have been here with Universal Basic Podcast and host Chris Proya. I have been your co-host, Dr. Cindy Banier. And thank you so much for listening to us here at Big Mouth Media. Be sure to check out all that we have to offer on BigMouthMediaFL.com. You can get a subscription to this fantastic podcast and extras as well. For $2.99 a month, you can get a whole year's subscription for $29.99 a year, and you can help put working people like Chris and I put a little bit of money in our pocket and help support independent media. And we know that we need that in Florida now more than ever with the attacks coming down from the Florida legislature. You can also get the everything package from Big Mouth Media. That one is $19.99 a month or $1.99 a year. And again, that helps to make sure that the voice of independent folks in Florida is not drowned out. Thanks so much for joining us here and we'll see you next time on Universal Basic Podcast. Bye-bye. Good night.